sons of God, this is week 20 of your story from Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Happy New Year's, guys. Good to see you. I am, uh, I don't know about you, I am, uh, I am in post-Christmas recovery right now. Um, you know, do me a favor, let's just kind of get the blood moving a little bit this morning to the degree that anyone should in a post-Christmas recovery world. Can you get on your feet with me and just repeat this after me? All right, now, no mumbling here, none of this stuff, okay? I mean, we've got to own this here this morning, all right? We've got to be awake. Ready? For you are all sons of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. For all who have been baptized into Christ. Have clothed themselves with Christ. That feels wonderful, doesn't it? Ah, all right, you can have a seat. Yeah, it's, it is, though. It's complete post-Christmas recovery for me right now. Um, some of you know my family's situation, but with these series of divorces and remarriages and half-brothers and stuff, you know, just kind of like the modern American family thing happening, we have, like, well, let me put it this way. Growing up, there was Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, right? Go to your dad's house on Christmas Eve, your father's family there. You go to your mom's side of the family on Christmas Day. It was contained. It was there. It felt full. But in two days, it's done. Now, I always thought, you know the carol, the 12 days of Christmas? I always thought it was metaphorical. But it's like it just keeps going. Our family has just come off of like an eight Christmas whirlwind tour that oh my gosh, I am so glad it's done. Is that okay to say? Is it bad to be happy that Christmas is over? It started for us on Christmas Eve night, actually. For me, at about 7 o'clock, between our 4 and 11 o'clock candlelight services, when, when my good old friend, the stomach flu, decided to visit. And you guys may have been singing Joy to the World. What I was doing was saying, Dear Lord, get me through the service. Dear Lord, get me through this service. And then into Christmas Day, three family gatherings. Yeehaw, let's infect them all, right? Because Christmas is a time of giving. It started with our own family, you know, around our own tree. Probably had something like that, right? And we opened our own, our, our own family's gifts. And then it was off to my half-brother and ex-stepbrother's. Christmas gathering. And then after that, it was off to the like extended family of my mom's side. All right. So that was only three. That wasn't bad for one day. The next day we got a, a chance to breathe. And then all the in-laws decided to come and visit. So it was a household of in-laws for a couple of days there and, and Christmas gathering with them. And then another day to kind of catch your breath. And then the 72-hour just whirlwind epic journey began. It started for us January 2nd. We decided to go out to see my stepmom and other half-brother who are in Cincinnati. And we thought, personally, that the best time to leave would be in the middle of a blizzard covering 
the entire Midwest. And you ever have that moment, uh, those of you with kids, when you're doing the drive, and it's, you know the question, right? Are we there yet? Okay, now in our family, what we do is we say, see the clock? We're going to be there before it says six, or, you know, something like that. This six-hour drive through a blizzard that never ends turned to seven, turned to eight, turned to nine. Mom, are we there then? Yeah, when it says 4 a.m., we'll be there, all right? Get ready for dinner. And uh, it was just the beginning. Because from there, we started dotting all over the Midwest. And then we had my wife's family's big Christmas gathering. Last night, out by the Ohio-Indiana border, around 5 p.m. it started last night. Now, I had to be here today, right? And so around 9, 10 o'clock our time, it's like, you know, we better hit it. We know what the drive will take. We should get in in a decent amount of time. Until, that is, we started getting the winter storm warnings that hit on this side. And have you ever had one of those moments where you were just like white-knuckling it the entire time? And you're looking at the roads and you're going, you know, I really don't think that God invented the snowplow on the sixth day because I haven't seen a stinking one of them. And five hours turns to six hours, turns to seven hours, and you think you're going to be home at a good time. And 3.30 a.m., you're finally. You're finally coming up on your drive, right? It's like, oh, hallelujah, Lord, you got us home. I'm going to be in my bed in five minutes. Except that every single snowplow in northern McHenry County decides to pile up their collections right where? Well, in front of our driveway. Now, when I see something like that at four in the morning, do you know what my theory is? Gun it. Except the clearance on our van isn't quite what I thought it was. And you ever have that moment where you gun it and it's, you know, you just kind of like hang up there in suspended animation with half your rear hanging out on a major highway. The other half, you know, your car is like in this drive. You're like, oh my, you gotta be kidding me. So 4 a.m., what are we doing? Get the shovels, honey. Wake up the kids. Fire that snowblower up. By 6 a.m., we had it dug out. All right? So, 20 minutes of sleep is, is good for me. Back in the shower here on Sunday morning. Long story short, if I'm a little punchy today, guys, just roll with it, all right? But I was reflecting between cursing on this entire family saga over the past two weeks, and, and it struck me. Of these eight family gatherings that we went to, very few of them were actually biological family. Now, if you were to say they're your family, I'd say absolutely. They're, they're more my family than, than a lot of my biological family. But the reality was very few of the gatherings, the people that I call family, had a complete blood relation with me. More of them found their relationship via things like adoption, marriage, and honestly, guys, more than anything else, choice. People who choose to call each other family, to treat each other as family, and to enter into a relationship that could only be described by that term. You know what I mean? Do you have, quote, family like that? That's the kind of family I want to talk to you about today. Because Jesus says, some, uh, because Paul in the New Testament says something quite amazing. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to turn something on its head. I think most of us, by default, just assume automatically that, of course, 
we're sons. Of course we're daughters of God. After all, he made us, right? We are his creation, right? As though that in some way makes us his family. But guys, I want to give you a quiz today, all right? The question I want to ask you is this. Who is God's son? Okay, it's multiple choice, so don't blurt out any answers till you see them all, all right? Okay, is it Jesus? Feels giveaway, doesn't it? Angels, Israel, anyone ever born? You've got five seconds to write down your answer. I was, I was serious on that, actually. Who's God's son? Who's God's child? How many of you said Jesus? All right, I mean, you got to say Jesus in church, right? I mean, it just isn't right if Jesus isn't the answer, no matter what's being asked. But I want you to think about something here for a minute. One of the most famous passages in the Bible, John 3.16, right? A lot of you probably know it by heart. Many more of you are probably familiar with it to some degree. But I bet there's a part of what it says that you tend to gloss on by without thinking the full ramifications through in terms of what it means for me and you. Did you follow that sentence? Again, I told you, I'm punchy, all right? For God so loved the world that he gave, you finish it. Okay, we got some King Jamesers here that gave me like an only begotten, okay? And the other side of the house, I just want to ask you, do you know what begotten even means? All right, so let's leave them alone over there, all right? Because I think over here I heard some of you NIV or say something like one and only or something to that degree. Who is Jesus? God's one and only son. What does that make you? And don't say daughters, don't you dare, all right? What does that make you? you. I'd like to submit to you today that we are not God's children, not in the way that we typically think about a father-child relationship. And here's what I mean. You know what I discovered? Kids have the worst sense of entitlement, don't they? Kids think their parents owe them everything. They do, mine do. You know, how about yours? As a kid, you not only assume, but you expect that your parents will love you and care for you and dote on you and gush on you and think that your deep papers are the greatest thing that ever graced humanity and listen to your band concerts and think you're the next virtuoso to hit, you know. I mean, that's what parents do, but we come to expect it, don't we? But do you expect that from, like, other people? Do you expect that from total strangers? I mean, do you go to the airport or do you go to the restaurant and, like, expect the person there to go, oh, my gosh, you are amazing, can I... No, we don't live like that because we think that there is an entitlement from parent to child. But you are not God's son. God has one and only son, which means this. God does not owe you anything. We shouldn't expect anything from him. We shouldn't expect anything more from him than we'd expect from some stranger on the street. He doesn't owe us anything because God has one and only son and his name is Jesus. Now, metaphorically throughout the Bible, angels will be called sons of God, so it was a trick question, but not in the way Jesus was. And Israel, too, will be called God's son, which gets significant later on, but not in the way Jesus is that son. Are you with me? Go back and look at this phrase. It does not say for you are all sons of God, period. This idea of sonship seems to be extended out in a certain and special way through faith in Jesus. And I want to explain to you today what that means and why that's so significant. See, despite the fact that we are not God's 
can I use the term biological children? God nonetheless loves his creation as his own. God loves you so much, guys, that I can't even begin to give words to it. We, we, we can't even begin to come to terms and grasp the slightest sliver of how deep and wide and powerful that love is that God has for me and for you, people that don't deserve it. And what you see throughout the biblical narrative is this idea that, you know what? God wants to share that love. God wants a family. He wants people to bless. He wants people to give himself to. He wants people to pour it on. Now, we looked at the question, who is God's son, right? And we ran through it. Now that we know who God's son is, let's get to the more important question that all of us have as kids. Ready? Who gets the inheritance? In the ancient world, there were laws and customs and ways of how inheritance were, was to happen. Now, I want to give you a quiz again today and see if you can figure out in the ancient world who gets the inheritance of a father. Sons, daughters, slaves, foreigners. More than one answer is allowed. Who gets it? Okay, who put foreigners? It's like, dude, slaves all the way. I'm, I, just, I go for the long shot, 70 to 1. Daughters? It's sons. Sorry, ladies, you're out of luck. In the ancient world, sons got the inheritance. And the Bible will use this idea, this, this metaphor, if you will, of inheritance as a way of describing all of the blessings that God seeks to give to those that he loves. And who does he choose to pour them on? His son. That's why it is absolutely vital in understanding what it means when Paul says you are all sons of God, that it is always understood through this idea of connection through faith in Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus is God's son. And Christ Jesus is the one he gives his inheritance to and who we get blessing from. Because you know what I found out? It is a powerful, wonderful thing to belong to a family. And when someone who isn't actually your family considers you their family, their son, shh, look out. Look out. Because it'll lay you flat. You ever had those moments when there was that person in your life whom you didn't really deserve it, whom you didn't even expect it, for whatever reason chose you as someone to pour their love and their blessing on? Maybe you found it with a spouse. Maybe you found it by surprise. But you know what I mean? When you have that moment, when despite the fact that they don't have to, someone looks at you and says, you're like a son to me, and I'm going to pour all that I am and all that I have all over you. See, when Galatians says you're all sons of God, it's not talking about some sense of, oh, look, great, we're all part of the family. It's talking about a way that God thinks about you. Because when we're connected to Christ Jesus, his son, we are part of the family. We are adopted in, which means that all the blessings and all the inheritance that God has to give, he now says, you know what? I also want to give it to you. And you know what's even more amazing? It's not just reflected. Uh, it's, just, it's not just given to those that we would think of as sons. How did Galatians put it if you read it earlier? There is no difference. You're free. Male or female, slave or Greek. Where's the Chiquitas in the room? There's more of you. You know what God says to you? You know what God says to you, ladies? 
not you're my daughter, son. You're like a son to me. So many people look at Paul and think he's misogynistic, anti-women, things like that. Yet he's the one that wrote the most radical things about what it meant for women to belong. He said, being female no longer keeps you out. You are like a son to God. That's how he thinks about you. Got any Gentiles in the room? Okay, we have a lot, all right? Are you Jewish? Okay, if you're not Jewish, raise your hand, all right? <laughs> you know, God entered in a special relationship with them. He said, you're my son. We don't deserve a thing. But you know what God says to me and you? You might be outside of that pack. You might be outside of that fold. But you are like a son to me. I want to be like a father to you. Because God loves to give his blessings. God loves to give his inheritance. And the most powerful good news about our identity and who we are is that when we're connected to Christ Jesus, God says, you become a son to me. I'm now a father to you. To think that the God of the universe would choose to adopt, choose to take into his family, take you and me and connect us to his own. That is the weight and the gravity of this little line right here of what it means that we are all sons of God. Through faith in his son, Christ Jesus. Because I want to encourage you. Start looking at yourself in a new way. Start embracing your identity. Start realizing the amazingness of this God that we worship. Choose to call you his own. Hey guys, I'd love you to pray with me, all right? You're sons of the Lord. We don't deserve it. You don't owe it to us. You're not entitled. You don't need to give us a second thought. Lord, you chose me. You chose us. God, today, may our hearts just be marked with gratitude, with thanks, with shock and awe that you would choose to give your unlimited blessings. Promise them to us as an inheritance to come. That you would choose to give everything entitled to your son and share it with us as his brothers. Lord, Father, may we be found worthy of it. And when we realize how unworthy we are of it, may it send us to our knees, rejoicing, God, that, that you choose us despite everything flawed and broken about us. May we see you as our Father. May we live as your sons. May we embrace it as the essence of who we are, O oh God.